This podcast is brought to you by Ideate and Execute. Do you want to drive innovation in your organization, futurize your enterprise, ideate massively valuable new products, or execute them to market? Then contact us today at ideateandexecute.com and get started. Why listen to the past when you can listen to the future? Welcome to the Think Future Podcast, broadcasting from deep in the heart of Silicon Valley, California. We focus on innovation, startups and the future, not necessarily those and not necessarily in that order. Here's your host. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's uh, great to finally meet you because this is how we meet nowadays, you know, with the <laughs> everything remote. Uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, like, introduce yourself, your organization, and tell us what you're passionate about. Sure. Uh, thanks, Chris. And uh, my name is Mayumoki. I'm the co-founder and chief product officer at NED. In my 12 years work experience, I've been part of early mid-stage startups as well as companies like LinkedIn, Zillow, and JP Morgan. I founded two companies in the past. The last one was a vertical SaaS product for massage centers and hair salons, which I eventually sold to another company. The reason why I usually uh, think about building products for small businesses is because I come from a small business family. My parents own convenience and operate convenience stores. I have in my extended family, we own Pilates uh, studios, commercial and residential real estate. And hence, it's my passion to solve the problems faced by the owners in, in the small business segment. And when I say small business segment, what I uh, primarily mean is a company which is privately owned, which has fewer employees and less annual revenue than a large corporation. So just in terms of scale, there are about 32.5 million small businesses in the US, which account for 99.9% of all US businesses. And uh, small- Yeah, it's a lot higher than you think, right? I mean, yeah. people think people think of the these large enterprises, but in reality, there's so many more small businesses out there. Exactly, and, and, and the, the interesting part is that they create about 1.5 million jobs annually, which accounts for about 64% of new jobs. Mm-hmm. So they they are the main drivers of our economic growth by providing employment, helping local communities, and fostering that innovation, which which we which we desperately need. But uh, one of the things which we tried to solve at NED was was the the lending part of uh, small businesses itself. And and in, when it comes to lending, the the small business segment usually gets the short end of the stick. The, the or no stick at all. No stick at all, right? <laughs> like imagine that the approval rate right now for business loans is twenty percent, and I, I can't imagine it even being that high. That's amazing. <laughs> and, and and it's and unfortunately because of the pandemic it went down drastically. But uh, the, the the main thing is that close to half of these small businesses applied for applied for a loan last year, and and one of these three businesses failed because they don't have capital. Yeah. And 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 it's, it's a vicious cycle wherein these commercial lenders are looking at personal credit history for their business loan approval, and if somebody has a bad credit history, there, it's impossible for them to uh, to raise money. So, and that's where Ned comes into the picture, and we want to build, help build a platform wherein business owners can come and raise money. And um, we are there is a there's a semi new concept called revenue based financing, which is which sits in between the traditional loans and the venture capital investment itself, wherein when you uh, get an investment for say a given amount, 
you are paying back, paid back with a regular share of your business income until that amount is paid off. So, uh, so your payments are directly proportional to how much income you make. So if you say you're sharing 10% of your income, you're only paying that 10%. So if, if you make a very high income today, you're only still paying 10%, but if it's low, it's still that lower part itself and it's not a fixed one. So, mm-hmm. it, and, and the biggest, the best part of this is that you, the business still has the complete ownership of the business itself. So the owner, are, it's a concept which is becoming common, but it's not as, as mainstream. And we hope that with Ned, we can make that mainstream. And, and the other thing which we kind of uh, try to tackle is the friends and family funding. So, um, and I'm sure you and I, we all have come across uh, friends and family of ours who have come to us and said, hey, I'm starting a business or I, I need the bis- this much money so that I can take my business. Oh, next. yeah. <laughs> can, you, can I help you raise money? And, yep. and the, the interesting part is besides the self-investment, the investment wherein the small business owner puts his own money, this is the second biggest source of capital. It's bigger mm. than all the financial institutes. It's, it's the second highest. And 40% of the businesses have at some point of time raised money from their friends and family. But the unfortunate part is close to 50% of them have reported a negative outcome wherein the, they've lost money or the relationship has become has gone sour. And, yeah. and that's primarily because traditionally this partnership or this uh, relationship is, is very emotional. Like you end up paying, giving money because, hey, this is my nephew. I want to give him money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Isn't money. there isn't there like saying, say, don't ever lend money to friends and family? Exactly. <laughs> and, and we want to change that. And we want to make this like less emotional and more transactional part on on that end so what we do right and and i'm gonna let me walk you through how the product works right now just uh uh the steps and how we do the most of the heavy lifting required to make sure that this transaction is working seamlessly Mm -hmm. a person say who's who uh, has a revenue about two hundred fifty thousand annually and he's thinking about raising about fifteen thousand dollars so that he can hire the next person to take care of the summer uh, spike. Uh, and then he wants to make sure that he has enough uh, manpower available so that they can cater to all the clients there. So what we can do on our platform is now they can go and enter this information of saying, I have this, this is my annual revenue. I'm trying to raise 15% and I want to share say seven to 10% of my revenue with him on the ongoing basis. And what we will do is based on that information, tell you how many payments will it need on a weekly basis to get to that? And what would your completion date look like? So for, for the example I was talking about, if somebody is $250,000 a year and has raised 15,000 with a uh, revenue share about 10%, this will be done by end of November of this year, if you start. Mm-hmm. So now the, the business owner has this power to go and convey to him that look at look at how my business is doing and we do the uh, the work of verifying your business revenue making sure that it, you it is what you're saying it is so that and we also do the heavy lifting of integrating with their banks calculating the weekly revenue and also making the transfers happen seamlessly so um, at the end of it what we want them to see is that they they come to a platform they sign an agreement where it says I will share my revenue from now on until I pay off this amount and if you're interested, you can give them a little bit of bonus on top of it. So it's more of like the additional incentive for the funder to put in the money. And then we integrate with their bank accounts to make sure that the partnership keeps happening. And you don't have to wait for the next barbecue or the next family get together to ask him, hey, where's my money? 
Right. So that's essentially the, the thing which we, we want to uh, solve with NED itself. And, and uh, we are live right now. So uh, the business owners as well as funders can go, now go to nedhelps.com. That is N-E-D, uh, H-E-L-P-S.com to go and create their deal sign an agreement and handle all that stuff on their end. And we, we already have partnerships running right now. So it's, it's, we, we, we're super excited about getting more and more folks in there. And that's why I was more keen to, to talk to you more about this. Yeah. Well, when I, I first looked at it and I thought it's brilliant, it's a brilliant idea. It's absolutely necessary and essential. And this is exactly what we need. And my that's- second thought was, how is this legal? <laughs> because oh, yes, and, I mean, and, I did. I've done work for banks in the past, and they're like, "Oh no, no, we, we can't. That 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 that's not allowed because you know you've got to have certain you know there's certain regulatory requirements to lend money." And I'm right. like, "It doesn't sound like it sounds like you're able to bypass some of those." No, so we're not bypassing it. So what uh, there to that the first point we want to make sure is that we are spending a lot of legal effort to make sure that this is this is according to the books and we are not doing anything out of the books itself. Mm-hmm. We have a legal team which actually makes sure that revenue share agreements are 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 what they are supposed to be. So the way revenue share agreements work, right? You are uh and there there's I'm gonna use some charts which are very common for revenue share agreement itself and saying you are pu- purchasing future sales of that company. Ah okay so it's not a loan. No it's, it's not, not a, a loan. It's not a okay. loan. You're saying that I want to go and purchase what the sale of this company a percentage of that sale of the of this business in the ah. future until you pay off that amount. So uh but uh, if if your listeners or anybody else has more questions I'm happy to answer those questions but we have a we will make sure that we this is according to the books it is and that is another inter- interesting aspect of it, right? Most of the times, when you put money with your with your nephew, you don't have anything legal available, so mm-hmm. you don't have anything to stand by on it. So with this agreement, you have that, and you you will be able to handle it. So it's it's almost when you think about it, it's a bit like factoring in a way, right? Because you're selling, you know, future or you're selling off uh, future receivables, right? That's but in this case, you're selling off you're kind of selling off future revenues. Yeah, exactly. That's how it is. Yes. Yes. So you're, you're, you're in some way you're uh, betting on the fact that the business is making revenue, right? You're, and, and if we talk about the future of, of small business lending, it's the future of like business as an asset itself, right? There is an asset, which is actually making generating revenue. It will continue generating revenue, but this owner needs to use that asset right, right now to, to like get to the next level. And the yep. best way you can do it is you can say, Hey, look at this, you invest in this and, the future revenue which is coming, it's yours. Well, I'm curious how you do the valuation. I mean, are there specific kinds of businesses that you'll, you you work with and others that you stay away from? Like, for example, a restaurant. Yeah. Would you yeah. would you would you work with a restaurant because of the fluctuations of what's going on, or is it more of a does it need to be more of a solid retail location? Like, what kind of businesses do you typically work with? Yes, yeah, so we uh, restaurants are, are are something which we have we have worked with. Uh, E-commerce businesses is something which we have worked a lot with. Uh, event management systems, anything which has uh, has that need for a, a sudden um, funds for in terms of working capital is something which we concentrate on. And in terms of like uh, risk assessment itself, right? And that's that's our our uh, key value prop, and that's what we want to be known for. It's a, how how well can we assess the risk of a business? 
So what we do is we take the last two years of their revenue and check on how well they're doing. How, how does it change in terms of seasonality and what is the trend going in, in that way itself? And making sure that we can say if we have house rules wherein somebody who is saying uh, making $100,000 in revenue is not able to raise $200,000 on our platform because that will take forever to pay for. So right. we want to make sure that the loan to like uh, uh, revenue ratio is is optimal. And we think of it as a 15%, which we do not want to go about. Uh, and in terms of the even the, the bonus you give to the funder, you don't want this to be a, a, where, a place where you're giving 50% of and in addition to the whole thing. So it has to be something which is uh, logical, does not affect the business in some way. And and the and what we have heard more and more, the funders also realize this. They don't want to unnecessarily put this burden on the business that they have to pay for it. They want to get to an, a contract which gets done within a year. So mm. completion date helps us understand that. How much time would it take? And if it's something which is going beyond a year or a year and a half, it's too high risk for us. And we will say we will, based on that, decide whether this is the right business for us or not. Interesting. So I, I went to your website and I can understand applying for, for assistance, right? But I couldn't figure out how to do the funder part because if I clicked on funder, then it just sort of gave me the same form. So, I mean, what exactly yes. are you looking for from a funder perspective? Got it. Got it. That's great. That's great. So, um, so as a funder, so right now the way Ned works is you have to have both the parties come onto the platform itself to okay. deal itself. So, Say now it's a perfect example. Now, if your nephew comes to you, and, and, and I'm sorry, I keep using your nephew's name. No, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> My nephews might come to me. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. um, and, and he says, uh, Hey, Chris, give me $10,000. And I have a business which is already running. I need this money so that I can go buy some equipment so that I can, my sales increase by 30%. Then what you tell him is, Hey, I'm going to go to Ned and I'm going to say, You need $10,000. I know what your revenue is. Say it's 500K. And I would need an, an, a bonus on this about 5%. And it feels like something which will be completed to me. So once you do that, you fill that form, you go to the next step, you create your account, and now you can invite him. So mm -hmm. it can work from the front side too. So you can say, and we hope that happens more often. And we're seeing that happen because we are working with like accelerators and incubators who want to invest money in these in their businesses. And the way they're doing is they're saying they initiate that agreement on our platform and do revenue share. So for your, uh, the case where we're talking about, you will say, I will give you, uh, my nephew $10,000 only if he signs this agreement and does all these things for him. And you can initiate that from Ned. Okay. Because I thought there would be some way of me just going in there and looking at who needs to be funded. So it has to be, there has to be some kind of relationship between the funder and the business. Yes. And and the reason why that is happening is I think there, there are a lot of marketplaces out there where you, uh, where you can go and think about different businesses, but Traditionally, what we have seen is these businesses are not very comfortable in telling people about the fact that they're raising money. They want to be very discreet about what uh, about the raise, and they have a specific set of group who they're interested in raising money from. They don't want to raise it from anybody and everybody. So that's what we are concentrating on, and we want to. We believe that that is that relationship which is which exists already, which happens, but it it there there have been too many negative outcomes, and we want to improve on that. That's interesting. So. How have you did? Have you done analysis? I'm assuming you have on how big this specific marketplace is, because I can understand sort of like the broader marketplace, but like the sort of the friends and family funding piece yes. of it. How big yes. is that? You no know, sort of comparison to every to the rest yes. of the market. 
So we've been we've been spending a lot of time thinking about what our time is in terms of like friends and family funding itself, and it, it, it is close to about 120 billion dollars, which is which mm. ended. So and um, that it that's why I said that this is the second highest source of capital for businesses right now after self funding. So there is a lot of money and. The interesting part is, is everything is off the books right now. And that's mm. what we want to uh, be of value and, and get that in data and, and be helpful to these businesses. Interesting. So so tell me a little bit about your startup story. I mean, how did you come up with this concept? Is Did did a nep- did your nephew come asking you for money and say, hey, I want to formalize this? <laughs> yeah. Or, yes. where, did, where did the idea come from? So, so uh, this, in, this, uh, this specific revision of the a product was uh, started by my partner Dave at the beginning of last year when he was actually talking to business owners and asking them, um, "How do you guys think about raising money?" And most of them were were kind of disappointed with the financial institutes because they were like, "There's a need for collateral. My credit history is bad. I'm unable to raise money." Oh, yeah, I don't know of any small businesses who've ever been able to get a loan. Exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah, and, and, and it's a huge and, gap in the market. And I thought, well, isn't there some way we could figure out how to sort of like match people with money to people who need money? I mean, yes, other yes. than just begging or or setting up uh, Indiegogo or or Kickstarter. Yes, so, yes, and, and I think the the like the main reason why that happens is right the right now the loan is given to the business owner rather than the business itself. The, mm. Everything is around his personal credit history, about his collateral, and how we can do it nobody understands that there is a business like an asset which actually yeah. well with money. a small business the small business the asset is really the the person who's running it right so i can see why the 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 it is the lenders right. are looking at it that way i am, yes that's true but the, the thing is that that should not be the only factor that, uh, responsible for giving the funding itself right yep. so if you're basing everything based on a personal person's credit history you're not actually looking at this as an engine which is actually generating revenue and yep. the, when you think about startups versus small businesses, the, the key difference with small businesses is they are up and running and generating revenue within a month. Mm-hmm. Startups are not are not thinking, I mean, they, SaaS companies are thinking about revenue from day one now, but they are not generating revenue from day one. Small businesses have a, a clear understanding of the business model. They know what they're selling and they start selling and they, they have revenue. So let's... Let's take advantage of that fact. Let's advantage of the fact that there is revenue being generated and give them that fair share of their the funds required so that they can increase their revenue. At the same time, the other parties also get, get benefiting out of the concept. So for me, right, in terms of like, if I think about the future of small businesses, like when we look at a coffee shop, we look at it as a place where we go get coffee and like this, this is the best place I usually go to. And they're, they're a big part of our community. I mean, you and I, both of us have specific restaurants or coffee shops, which we love and we want to go there and all, over and over again. But imagine you can have a piece of that of that company when, wherein you can actually say, hey, I can put $10,000 in a coffee shop and I will get a, a constant uh, return out of it. And I am so the, I, I see a place wherein instead of just looking as a place where you get your coffee, you're now sitting about, how the business is doing, how is it making revenue, how much revenue is it making, how is it growing, and yeah. how you can help them grow faster at the same time get a, a, a return. Yeah. Well, that's it. It's especially nowadays when there are specific restaurants who you're seeing are struggling and yeah. you go, I want to help these guys, but I don't know how to help them. Exactly. But 
you can't really use your tool for that yet because it's more of a friends and family thing, right? I mean, it, has it ever been used for, say, restaurants to for their patrons? Have you used it in that way? You can. So uh, the 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 factor she has is you have to know that person. We are not connecting you with the the restaurant can connect with their patrons and consider that as their inner circle itself and go and uh, raise money from them if they if they need to. It's a one on one. Uh, relationship is not a crowdfunding concept so if mm. they have specific patrons who they are interested in who, who show interest in the fact that hey i want i know you guys are struggling and i want to put in some money so that you can go go past the pandemic and go uh, thrive again they can actually sign up sign up on our platform and send that agreement so uh we we do facilitate that okay so can you tell me a little bit about this system? I mean, did you guys code this thing yourself? Did you bring bring coders in from outside? How did you How did you actually build it? Yeah, so we we are uh, we are integrating with uh, specific fintech platforms like Plan and HelloSign in terms of figuring out the agreement side of things and and, bank, and banking integration. We uh, we have a couple more engineers who are working with us, so they're a team of four right now and. Uh, we build this everything end to end. So uh, we're, we try to build as lean as possible so that we can get this out and learn from what we have built so far. And uh, yeah, we're, we're ready. We have about four partnerships which are going right now. Some of them went into repayment recently. So we are seeing that the product in its, in its shape and form right now is solving that purpose, which we thought we would. And we want to take it, we will evolve it based on which direction it's being pulled towards and how the users are using it and what kind of uh, features they request from it. And what direction are you seeing? Like, what, have you gotten any kind of feedback yet or are you looking to pivot yet or are you still still in the early stages? Yeah, we're, we're still in the early stages of things. I think revenue share is still the, the key for everybody and for business owners and, and funders itself. And uh, there is a need for making that mainstream, especially when it comes to small business lending. And we feel like it, it might evolve into other sources of financial like uh, lending, but at the time being, we are at a state wherein we are concentrating more on getting the folks which are waiting, for, waiting to sign up to come and use the platform itself, as well as thinking about partnerships wherein we can work with them and bring their portfolio companies into our platform and complete that transactions. Mm -hmm. So are you, are, would you be looking at, at some point, expanding it beyond the friends and family and making it a little more anonymous? Or is it, are you basically going to stay in that space? I think so. I think what we, I think the key we want to keep is we want it to be discreet. We don't want this to be an open marketplace where the, the, the business owner feels a little awkward about telling the world that I am raising money because that can be misconstrued as, as the business in trouble and trying and yeah. to that predatory uh, loan con lender concept, right? So, but we feel like if we have a network of business owners and lenders on our platform who have completed transactions in the past, there is, there's no reason why we cannot make it a bigger network where we mm. connect across different uh, business owners and lenders and go that path. And at the same time, think about like different uh, uh, types of financing, like line of credit and the other uh, credit cards and all that stuff. Yeah, that's interesting because it, it kind of reminds me of uh, some ideas that I came up with in for uh, one of my clients. We were talking about how in a specific geographic area, you may have some businesses that are flush some months and and 
and poor other months yeah. and vice versa. And then somehow they could fund each other. I'm assuming you could ah. use, you could yeah. use this system to do something like that. So if you have, you know, if in a specific geographic location, like non-competing businesses could help fund each other just to keep each other afloat. So I'm assuming you could do use the same. That's a, yeah, that's a great idea, actually. Yeah, and and we have heard that. I mean, the interesting part is the uh, the first business owner we we onboarded wanted to as soon as he completed this uh, agreement with us and and uh, connected his bank account, he was like, I want to be a funder for the two more folks who act, were asking me for money. Mm-hmm. So we are seeing that their small business owners, because it's it's a community, right? They they all want to help each other, and even if it's not across geography, it's even within the geography itself. They have they 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 have the concept of helping each other and like grow. So we can totally see like business owners converting into lenders and vice versa soon. Fantastic. So what's your what's your business model? How do you make money off of this? Right. Yeah. So uh, we follow the standard, uh, the payment processor model itself, but we need to take a, a percentage of the the amount which is transacting on our platform itself. So when the funds are going from the the lender to the business, we take a percentage of, of the fee as a net fee. And while the repayments are happening, we uh, charge again the lender a fee for transfer. So does the so I'm assuming that's the it's the funder who gets hit, hit with the fee, right? Not the not the not the business. So right now they both are uh, they both are being charged the fee, but it depends on who's receiving the money. So whichever side is receiving the money is the one who's charged the fee. So when the lender is sending money to the business owner, we will put uh, take a, a small percentage of that and keep it as a as a net fee. And the same way when the repayments are happening, the the funder will get. Uh, the amount minus the little bit of net fee. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, when you talk, you were talking about small business. Like, what, what's your criteria? You said uh, less than a few employees, or is there yeah. like a specific revenue per year that yes. they need to hit? Yes. I mean, yeah, um, and we call these house rules. And for us, the uh, the few house rules. One of them is they have to make at least fifty thousand dollars in revenue. Mm-hmm. Uh, they cannot raise a month. A month or a year, a year, a year, a year. So two thousand a year. Yes. No, wow, no. that that is really micro. Sorry, sorry, I, I meant fifty thousand. Fifty thousand a year. Fifty thousand a year. Okay, so that's that's the minimum revenue amount. Fifty thousand a year, but having said that, you can also not raise more than fifteen percent of your revenue on our platform. Mm-hmm. Because if it's anything more than that, we feel like it will take forever for for it to complete. And then we also look at the completion. Time. How much time does it take for it to complete? Was it, does, will it happen within a year or year and a half? If that feels like an optimal for us, if it goes beyond that, that's something which we have to think about in a case by case basis whether it makes sense for us to do it. And are there any particular businesses that you you are targeting more than others, or is it just anything that falls into that into that range? Yeah. So we we haven't spent too much time in terms of figuring out the if there are specific verticals we'll be more inclined to it, but. E-commerce is definitely something big for us, um, but brick and mortar stores, uh, like event management systems, like fitness uh, classes, anybody and everybody who's making revenue um, is more than welcome to come on our platform and use it. And we we do the the work of making measuring their performance and making sure that they have enough to pay this back. Mm-hmm. Have you had any kind of pushback from anybody on your idea, and and what have you done to to address it? 
Yeah, um, I think the main pushback people have is like, I don't want to raise money. I don't want to give raise money from my friends or family, and uh, <laughs> I don't want to give money to my friends. And and that's what we're trying to solve. Whenever we hear that yeah. pushback, it, it gives us more incentive to go to tell them why you should do it on our platform. And the the idea, right? It's become it's become bad because it it has led to those negative outcomes where you lost money and you don't feel good. And more than that, I think it's the emotional aspect of things, right? Here is a family member who you will meet in in, in sometime soon, and it's going to be really awkward to talk about the fact that yeah, you can't just avoid them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we don't want to get to that stage. We don't want. Uh, we want to help figure make that more of a partnership which is good for both the parties. And and if and even at cases make the person realize that maybe this is not the right money, amount of money you should be raising for your business. Maybe your business is not at the right position that you can be raising that much money. So education we feel is a, a big value prop for us. And we want to make sure that first of all they understand what revenue share is. And also looking at our at our platform, what does that mean in terms of if you're taking that much money and mm. it's three years for you to pay it back. If it's taking you three years, then there's something, there's something missing. There is some, uh, you're, you've not thought it through. So we feel like that's an education aspect which you want to include. So can you describe uh, a specific, you don't have to tell us who the client is, but can you get, describe one of your clients and, and what they did and how, it, how this helped them? Yes. Um, let me take a good example. Yeah. So uh, one of our, uh, users is, is somebody who actually run, uh, has uh, fitness classes, right? They actually go, mm -hmm. they have uh, folks who, instructors who actually go to your house and, or even like uh, uh, specific business events and all that stuff and, and do, do this, uh, take the classes itself. And then their, their main uh, expense is, is payroll is in terms of mm -hmm. the staff. So they hire, they hire uh, trainers and they, they sub trainers out to different places. Yes. Yes. Okay. And and with with fitness, I think it's again a seasonal uh, kind of a business where it, it's up. It has an ups and downs, right? So while the revenue it does not remain constant, but they always have specific times when they need staffing. They need folks who who they can uh, quickly get into to be sent to that specific business event, corporate event, so that they can make generate revenue out of it. Mm -hmm. So for this person, it was like it was ideal in terms of thinking about the summer and saying, hey, summer is a perfect time for me to go uh, hire this staffing, but I don't have the money for it right now. Let me go create this deal. Let me create this deal. And he was able to raise money from his, uh, within his immediate family itself and, and have a clear understanding of what the terms look like, how, much, how quickly would he be able to pay that back to that person. And he had the money ready within two days and he was ready to hire the next the person after that. Oh, fantastic. And then that was paid off over what period? So this is still going on right now. The I think it will be done by July of this year. Oh, very nice. Very yeah. cool. So even before so, the summer is done, they're done with the agreement. They have the additional revenue and everything is, is good. Excellent. Excellent. So so it really is for kind of micro, small to micro businesses, right? Like over a certain size, it doesn't really doesn't really work. It works ideally for micro businesses, but it can work for uh, bigger businesses too. You, if you have a, if you think that there are folks you can raise about 100k or 200k from, one of the deals we're working on right now is a paper company which uh, which wants to buy a lot of 
inventory again and in terms of the raw material required for generating that paper and mm-hmm. they have a million dollar business and uh, they want to generate uh, borrow 100k and they have done this in the past from their friends and family but they feel bad they feel bad for the fact that the people they raise money from they, they wait forever until they get the money and they get the lump right. sum at the end of the day so they're interested in actually going and using a platform to saying now we will have visibility on how much revenue you're making every week we'll take a piece of that and we'll send to you every week and they feel like that is the ideal thing and hopefully we should be able to wrap that agreement next week so they do they go on our platform yeah no, i love this idea this is fantastic so where where, where do you see it going so it's year 2023 yeah sorry 20 2032 we're yeah. 10 years in the future like what are you doing what is uh, what is ned doing in 10 years from now so 10 years from now when somebody thinks about assessing a small business or a medium or large scale business they come to ned to figure out what what is the capability what is how much it can this company generate in terms of revenue and what is an investment for for me if i invest in it what is the return on the investment for me if i am able to raise that money so i want like, like i mentioned a little bit in the past, uh, earlier i want people to think of these businesses and assets where you can put in your money and you can get generate revenue out of it so we want to be in the business of saying that we we run the system which evaluates a, a business that tells you how what is their capability how much revenue to generate and what would be your return if you end up investing in it so would you see expanding to beyond friends and family at that point where you'd have sort of like deals yeah. set up for other people, sort of yeah. like non, non-friends non and family to come in and, and, and pick and choose and say, oh, I, I want to fund these guys? Yeah. And I would go one step further. I would say that we, if we have the data, not if, when we have the data, we would sell this, uh, this underwriting software to financial institutes too and give mm-hmm. them an ability to connect to business uh, businesses which are credit worthy, which can actually are worth putting your money in and getting return out of it. So we feel like that's, it's not just about opening the marketplace, but it's also about like fixing what's broken right now in the lending system and making sure that these businesses get the fair share of the capital they need. Because lenders are sitting on a lot of money which they could not deploy because they didn't find the right business uh, owners last couple of years. Right. So speaking of that, are you still, you're only using financial um, data to determine the, the viability of a loan. Are you thinking about going into other areas as well? Yeah, so we've thought about like adding additional parameters to it and we will keep uh, improving that in terms of uh, credit history, in terms of figuring out the overall system, the standard standards used in terms of lending itself. Um, we wanted to start with business because we have a, a clear uh, view of their cash flow. We understand how the business is making money. We know who the business owner is. So we will extend it based on what is the requirements and like what gets gets us to the state where they feel that the business is worthy, credit worthy. But you're not you're not looking at um, outside of like criteria. You're not looking at social or other. There's like uh, this, this, like trust levels uh, <laughs> or anything like that. I know, I know some banks or some financial institutions are looking at, at possibly factoring those things in, in addition to financials. 
I we haven't thought about it yet. I think it's too early for us to do it. I think there is enough data available with the person's financial data available, which is not being tapped right now, which which can be very very beneficial to everybody. So um, we we want to get make the most out of that data, and then we'll think about what, what additional information we can use. So so do you think in ten years that you guys will have? the sort of like the the ability to convince banks using your system to lend to small businesses or to micro businesses definitely i mean if if we get it right i mean there's a big if there but if we get this right <laughs> uh we are talking about the 120 billion market we're talking about like yeah. raising all these oh, it's a huge space I, i'm surprised that banks haven't already started doing something in that space but it's almost like they're hobbled by their own rules yes yes right yes they are i mean and, and i this is not like lenders are evil conversation, right? This is more of the lending system is broken right now. There is no yep. easy way to get out of it because there's a standard. You follow that standard. And if you don't follow that standard, you're, you're at a higher risk. But we feel that the risk assessment, the model should change. Like how we, so that's what is big for us. And that's what we feel would be the, the differentiator for us. And, and that's why we want to be in that business itself. Yeah. No, I love the fact that it's not, and it's not really a loan model. It sort of riffs off a completely different way of doing things. And I think it's, it's really, really brilliant, uh, uh, a brilliant idea. Are there, are there other things that you could be doing as well as revenues? Would you ever th- think of doing, say, things like adding some factoring pieces into it or something like that? I'm just trying to see how, like, how you could possibly expand um, and you're talking about besides revenue share financing or just besides revenue? Yeah, I mean, like right now you're doing it on sort of revenue, projected revenues. Yes. Right? Yes. I, I, but you, um, there's also sort of projected accounts receivable, there's projected, you know, you can project yeah, a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there are there are a lot of companies which do this. And then in terms of like cash advance and in terms of, like, there are a few uh, startups which are coming in terms of accounts receivable and then paying you like a, forwarding, giving you cash advance based on your account receivable itself. And that's that's something which we definitely think about. Like, as long as this, there is a business and we see that it's generating value in some way, we would want to cash on to that. A little early right now, because we feel like our new share itself is such a big pie that we can actually do a lot with it. But oh, yeah. it, it does make sense to actually uh, see wherever the business can generate value, how can they leverage it to, to raise more money? Yeah. So, anything else uh, you see in the in the ten years time frame for your business or for for the the sp- your space that you're in? I, I think that's um, I see a fair and easily accessible lending market for small businesses, and that's that is our key. That is our goal. Wherein um, having businesses covering 99.9% of all the US businesses, they should be able to raise money. That if we get that right, I think we are well, very well done on what we wanted to do. So even if we get the halfway through, I think we're, we would have done our job. So the key, again, in some way is about making sure that all this while business owners go to financial institutes, they get take it or leave it deals and they come back disappointed. What if we flip the script? What if we say that business owner is in control, he understands what his business is as an asset and how much it generates revenue. 
What if he comes with the terms and goes to anybody and everybody as a source of fund and is able to get that fund back and making it a win-win for both the funder and the small business owner? Yeah, no, I, lo- I love the idea. I think it's fantastic. So thank you so much. This has been great. So if somebody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way? Yeah, so uh, um, the best way to get a hold of me is uh, my email address. It is M-A-Y-U-R at nedhelps.com. And uh, you can also reach out to us on uh, the website too. So nedhelps, N-E-D-H-E-L-P-S.com. And uh, I'm, I'm ex- excited to see you, the folks coming to Ned, uh, your listeners and all that stuff and giving us feedback. I love it. All right. Well, I'll put the, all the contact information in the show notes. So if anybody wants to get in touch, they can go straight at you. So thank you so much. It's been great. Thank you so much, Chris. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Bye.